0: Investor Mindset listeners, welcome back to another amazing episode. Today, we have Melissa Johnson, who is going to be talking to us about some fantastic topics. She's gone through a ton in her life, overcoming adversity, running into a few different challenges. that. You know, for a lot of people, would have stopped them in their tracks. They would have held them back from really going after what they really wanted, but not for Melissa. And she talks a little bit about why. And I think we'll all be able to gain a little bit about her story of persistence and how she really pushed on. Before we get into the episode, though, I really want to encourage everybody who has been listening and enjoying what we're doing to please head to iTunes and drop us a five-star review. It's the biggest thank you anybody can get. It's the reason we've been able to get so many great listeners and continue to grow. You know, We do this because we love it. I do it because I know that it is really helping people. The amount of messages that I get from you guys on a weekly basis is fantastic, and I just absolutely love it. So thank you guys so much, and uh, let's get to the show. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am excited as always. I have Melissa Johnson in the studio today. How are you doing, Melissa?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you.
0: I am really jazzed to get into this conversation. With 16 years in the industry and over a 1,000 deals in the books, Melissa knows what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. As CEO of Danny Buys Houses, Melissa balances her creative design side with the practicalities of running a real estate company. As an official member of the Forbes real estate counsel, and contributor to Flip Junkie blog. She enjoys sharing her unique perspective on running a successful real estate investment business based on real life experience and actual results. You ready to get into it? Let's do it. Well, with over a thousand deals, I mean, from most people's perspective, you've got quite a bit of experience and probably a lot of success along the way. But why don't we take a look back? What events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today?
1: (laughs) So many, so many. I think the biggest one, and I feel like probably a lot of people don't know this about me, but i I was a teen mom, and um, that was that was a very um, difficult thing to go through. But it also, I feel like, is the single biggest event that shaped me into the person that I am today. Um, and that has been, you know, it was very difficult, but it was also a great blessing. For me.
0: I I could only imagine that would be a huge life changer because when you're in your teen years, those are some of the most formidable years. How do you think that impacted who you are today?
1: Well, I feel like it's, you know, one, it made me grow up pretty, pretty quickly. You know, not not having my daughter wasn't an option for me. So I I really learned how to become very responsible at a very young age and to you know, take mm-hmm. things seriously because it wasn't just me anymore. It was the two of us. And so I really had wow. to, you know, be conscious of that.
0: Yeah, I could only imagine. How old were you? I was 16. 16, yeah. that is, uh, it's a lot to handle. It seems like you've ended up creating an amazing life. Um, what did you learn from that? And, you know, how did that kind of impact where you are today?
1: I learned a lot about myself, actually, just as far as... Mm-hmm. I learned that I'm the kind of person that does what it takes for one thing. Um, You know, I was so scared, so terrified, you know, to be a parent at such a young age, I didn't know anything. And it was, it was, you know, I went to a small school and so it was a lot of people, I felt like pointing and looking at me all the time. And it was just, you know, that whole thing. And you just have to rise above that and just realize that, you know, Mm -hmm. this thing happened and, now I, I need to learn how to deal with it the best I can and I'm going to take care of us. And, you know, for a time that meant me finishing school, you know, I did graduate. I graduated with honors because I was very also focused on my schoolwork. Um, and then I worked like three jobs, you know, just to take care of us, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it taught me a lot about perseverance and sticking through something and just really... um like digging in and doing what it takes, you know, no matter how difficult it is. And it was hard. <laughs> it was a very yeah. difficult thing, but you know, but I did it because I wanted, you know, us to have a good life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's it's uh sometimes through those hardest challenges where it really it shows you who you really are. And I could only imagine that having some of those difficulties early on, kind of in your, your teen years, really set you up to deal with the challenges that come from flipping houses because you know, sometimes things just jump up and they want to knock you down and it hurts and it sucks and you want to just give up. But I mean, fortunately, you didn't. And uh, a big reason probably for your success is because you had to learn that really early and you just, you took ownership. You didn't let it hold you back.
1: I did. And it was so worth it. And she's actually getting married in October. So I'm very excited about that.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow. That's incredible. Um so tell us a little bit about what you do today from a career standpoint. I know you're involved in a lot of different things, but what's your primary focus?
1: Uh, right now, primary focus is um, I'm actually in a point of kind of rebuilding uh, the flipping business. I had te- uh, taken a little bit of a step back from that for a while. Um, you know, we have a software company also. And so mm-hmm. I was getting pretty involved in that, trying to help out where I could with that. And it, it became a lot, <laughs> you know, mindset, right? Um, It was a lot Mm -hmm. to deal with. And so I ended up coming back to the flipping business and just kind of starting that all over again. And so really just focusing on rebuilding my team, getting getting the ball back rolling with that again. It's been going really well.
0: Well, that's good to hear. When you face overwhelm, how do you handle that? Like, how do you look at that when you've got so many things going on and so many really big projects and you have to decide, you know, where you're going to put your focus?
1: That's always the struggle, right? I mean, overwhelm is so easy to take care of. And just to be fully transparent here, I do spend a few minutes wallowing in the overwhelm. (laughs) And, um, and I think it's just because I think if you avoid the feeling of it, um, I don't think that's doing you any favors. So just kind of recognizing I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, okay, I'm just going to sit in this for just a minute and think about all the things. And then I can start to digest and figure out, okay, what do I need to do first? Mm -hmm. Like, what is the most important thing? And I think that is with so many things going on, sometimes it's hard to narrow down your focus to what is the most important thing that I need to work on right now. Mm -hmm. So I try to spend some time doing that.
0: For all of us uh, super masculine males out there or masculine females, it's, it's that feeling. Just feel the feeling of overwhelm and don't run away from it. Cause I know sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to deal with it and I just want to run away. But it's until you really feel it that you can, that you can then see maybe, okay, well, what's going to be the best step forward for me or for the business?
1: I agree. I feel like if you push that feeling away too much, I think that's what creates a lot of anxiety for people too. And that fear and that worry is just, you know, not saying stay in it forever, but definitely embrace it, recognize it for what it is. And then make your plan to, to get out of it.
0: So for all of our listeners there who are feeling like they're going through some big challenge, whether they're just getting started in something that they love and care about or whether they've been in this for a long time, like we all run into that stuff. It's normal. So you can at least feel that you're in common community with other people who are on the same path. So I really appreciate you sharing openly about that because I feel like we hear a lot about the success that people have. and you know when we hear about a thousand deals that just says hey well how could i ever be like that person but just to recognize that you know we all get knocked down sometimes and and we all just have to find our way to get back up absolutely so talk to me a little bit about why you ended up leaving the software company but more so along the lines of what you learned from that experience and 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 what brought you back to your core of flipping houses
1: there was a lot of lessons learned. We? we actually talked about that this morning for a little bit um you know, I, I love that company. I love what it stands for. And I think it's going to be a great thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And for, our, sorry to interrupt. And for our listeners, what is that uh, company?
1: Uh, so we are creating the Flip Pilot software and we also have lead propeller mm-hmm. websites and services. So I was getting heavily involved in just trying to get that company going and, and everything. And it was a, a little bit of an overwhelm. And I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned from, from being a part of that is like what I'm really passionate about. And I didn't realize I would miss being in the flipping business as much as I did until I wasn't doing it anymore. And I was just kind of in this like tech world and, and I'm not a tech girl at all. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I like to give my input on stuff because I, I, use, I use technology and software I also realized, you know, I, I stepped in to be the COO and I, I feel like I put myself into this box where I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm so good at systems and processes, which I love, but mm-hmm. um, I felt like because I like systems and processes that I would be good at creating and implementing them in another company. It turns out that that was way more difficult than I thought it would be. And after some... Mm-hmm kind of self-evaluation and everything and I actually took a PI test and I'm way more visionary than I am an implementer. <laughs> Ooh. That was pretty eye-opening for me. And but once I realized that, you know, I like to analyze you know myself and what I'm doing. Like does this thing give me joy? Does it make me happy? Is it giving me energy or is it taking my energy away from me? And I I was feeling a big energy drain from trying to be that person all the time, from trying to be an implementer. And when I clearly wasn't, I was fighting against my nature, but I didn't realize it at the time because I was felt like I was, you know, supposed to be good at this other thing, the implementing, but, you know, that was not for me. But the big takeaway was learning what your strengths and your weaknesses are and accepting them and just saying, like, I want to be good at everything, but you know, I'm not, and I, I feel like I shine better in other places, and, and that's okay. And so yeah. I felt just really a big relief coming back to flipping and being able to do what I ultimately really love doing, and that's being able to to take these ugly houses, to make them beautiful, and then to teach and help other people how to do the same thing. That was a big lesson for me.
0: Yeah, it sounds like so many of us face the same challenge. We get kind of attracted to the idea of what something can be and what it could mean for us. And I think it's especially true within the real estate industry is once you're an operator and you've been doing it for a while, that there's all these other shiny things out there that we can go and do and take our experience and apply it to. It's, it's so inspiring and so humbling at the same time that you were able to go into that experience, step into it fully, but then come out realizing that, Hey, you know, I'm really good at this, this and this, but it doesn't fill me up as much as going and doing these other things that I, I have done or that I could dream of doing. And I think people should embrace that when that happens to them because sometimes you have to swallow the ego and and go the direction that you really care about versus worrying like what other people think about taking that step in whatever direction it is. So talk to me a little bit about the house flipping space and why it is that you're going to go back there. You know, I hear so often that people say, well, hey, now is an awful time to be flipping houses because it's so there's so many people involved in that space. Why do you think it's one that you're excited to go back to and kind of put all your energy towards?
1: I think, again, it's that whole thing. You know, i would given some thoughts to, to why I would want to go back into flipping. And I think it, it wasn't a comfort thing. It wasn't like, I'm going to go back to this because this is what I know. You know, like, I'm not afraid to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um because it, it quite honestly has been pretty uncomfortable getting back into it after being out of it. You know, I really have had to start over um, new team. Um, you know, right before I joined the software company fully, I pretty much, I let go of everybody on my team and it was all due to various reasons, but I had one person left mm-hmm. with me. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. and so I've had to rebuild you know, the team and everything, but luckily I had everything in place from before. So that was, you know, I did have that going for me, but ultimately it's just, it's that thing that I love to do because it allows me to really play to all the things that give me energy and that I'm good at and that I enjoy doing. And Mm -hmm. what I found was that, um, I enjoy business like, so much. <laughs> it's kind of a weird mm-hmm. um, thing that I'm just now realizing this after all of these years of of doing doing it. Because I've done all different things. I didn't start out, you know, where obviously where I am now. I've kind of progressed through different um, roles with all this too. So when we first started everything, mm-hmm. I was just um, I was just selling all the houses. I was doing all the dispositions, like and we did for sale by owner back then. So it was like rough. Mm-hmm. And then um, right. then I moved into, I, I always did all the bookkeeping and then I started doing, you know, a little bit of project management and did that for a while. You know, maybe went on some appointments here and there, not, not too much with that, but it just kind of progressed into this other thing to where we built the team and now I'm at this higher level and I'm really have just enjoyed the business part of everything, like numbers and analyzing and... <laughs>
0: So over time, you really tried all the different hats within the business and you found one that really worked well for you, but you would have only been able to discover that by trying some of these other things and finding out, well, hey, this is where I fit best.
1: Right. And I feel like it encompasses all of those things because I love to be creative and just personally in my own life, I like being creative and I feel like rehabbing is very creative. I love going into an ugly house and figuring out, okay, what are we going to do with this thing? We're going to take a wall out or what kind of Mm. tile are we going to use or how am I going to stage this? It allows me to be creative, but then I can also, you know, be a business person and I can analyze, you know, the numbers and figure out where can we be more efficient and, you know, how can we do something different that will produce a better result. Like those kind of things, I enjoy. So it, I feel like I'm getting fulfilled on so many levels just by doing this. And then I love helping people. So we're helping sellers. We're teaching other people how to do what we do through education, through our podcast and and mm-hmm. mastermind groups and things like that. So It's just, it's very fulfilling for me on so many levels, so many different ways.
0: That is really the key to happiness, guys, is if you can find success, but you really need to find that fulfillment, that thing that really fills you up inside. So you've been around in this game for a really long time. Talk to me about why you've succeeded when so many others have failed and given up.
1: Um, Success is always interesting, right? Because people define it differently, Um, because some people might say, oh, you flipped a thousand houses. You're super successful. And some people might not agree with that. I I think a big key is just being able to, to be adaptable and to be able to change and shift your focus when you need to and shift your um, ways of doing things. Sometimes when I think back to like 2008, we hadn't been flipping for very long. And then this big crash came and we, you know, we were just riding Mm -hmm. high back then. And then like all this stuff started happening and it got real, (laughs) real fast. You know, I remember it was Christmas and I was worried that we wouldn't be able to get gifts for the kids for Christmas. And it was, you know, we talked about like, am I going to have to go get a job? You know, it was that bad. But that will (laughs) to not want to work Mm -hmm. for somebody else and to really... Dig in again, just like when I was younger, you like to dig in and just like, okay, what do I need to do here? What is going what do I need to do to make this work? You know because I'm not going backwards mm-hmm. and pushing forward and pushing through all that and changing you know we had to change mm-hmm. you know our exit strategies on some things, but being able to just adapt and roll with with the challenges. Um, has been, I think, the biggest reason for for success and not staying just still in one spot.
0: That sounds so critical. So what I'm taking away from here is really just being willing to adapt and overcome and not give up, just recognize that, hey, I'm in it, so I'm going to stay in it and I'm going to figure out how I'm going to keep moving forward.
1: Right, and it sounds so easy when you say it like that, right? But (laughs) when you're in that moment, it's it's really tough, but you just really have to make that decision. You know, if, If you want something that badly, and can visualize and feel what that feels like to be successful and then to put that into motion to make that happen is, you know, it's everything.
0: That is everything. I mean, we all run into those times. I mean, personally I've I've gone in and out of them myself, right? Where we we kind of hit this wall, we think everything's going well, and then you hit a wall and you know, you lose a key person on your team or you know, contracts don't come in or things just don't go as planned and you just have to look at it like, Am I gonna am I gonna walk away? Am I gonna go have to start over and do something different or am I gonna overcome and adapt? And it's kind of an emotional roller coaster deciding how to get there. But you know, when I hear it from somebody else, it seems so simple.
1: <laughs> it does. It does. But I think there's a trick to that that I've found. If you want me to share that.
0: <laughs> Please share it.
1: I have started focusing on on gratitude when those things happen. When I get in that mm-hmm. downward spiral kind of thing or that hit that wall. Um, I, I read this book recently and just, it totally changed my life, my thinking about gratitude. And he just talks about, you know, people say like, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my family, which we all are, but taking it to a deeper level of thinking about why you're grateful for that and feeling the feeling of being grateful in that moment. Mm. You know, the things that, that, that you feel grateful for like a moment, and it doesn't even have to be. Something profound or anything like that, it can be just a small moment and just really getting into that feeling and it just makes you feel so much better, and then yeah. I just have that feeling of the more you're grateful for, the more you receive right
0: yeah that's uh that's really great i'm I'm gonna check out that book because what I've found for myself is just what you're saying. It's like when you can really feel the gratitudes, it clears up all of that stress. it brings you back to what matters. Sometimes it's really hard though to feel it versus just saying, well, I'm grateful for this, this, and this. But it's that next level that really does it. So you mentioned something when you were talking about success and you said by some people's definition. Tell me a little bit about how you define success and what is success to you?
1: I feel like success for me is, it's really being surrounded by the people that I care about that mean the most to me and just doing, doing what I love. And that could Mm -hmm. be anything. It it could be through my work. It could be you know, personally through a hobby or something like that. But the ability to be able to do those things with the people that I care about alongside of me is, to me, that's success, having that freedom and that ability to do that.
0: Yeah, I really like that definition. And and based on that definition, do you feel like you've hit success?
1: I feel pretty darn successful right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It feels good, doesn't it?
1: It does. It does. And I just, I'm so grateful for, for all the opportunities and for all the people, you know, in my life that mean so much to me and, and all the things that have been happening, especially lately have just been really Mm -hmm. great. Just really put me in a good place. I
0: think sometimes things just come right into alignment.
1: Sometimes they do.
0: (laughs) So from a habits perspective, talk to me a little bit about what are some of your keystone habits, the things that maybe you do on a daily or weekly basis that lead to living a great life?
1: Um, I feel like I go through cycles with habits, right? Or they mm-hmm. change. Some things are remain the same. Like I, I'm big on exercising. So mm-hmm. that's a huge part of, of my daily life. I try to do something active every day. Um, I did break my wrist a few weeks ago or a few months ago, I mean. So <laughs> that kind of slowed me down, but not too much. Um, exercising, reading is a big one for me also. Mm-hmm. I try to read something every day something that's going to enrich my mind, make me feel better, um, that, that kind of stuff. I just like, I like to surround myself with anything that's positive. Um, mm-hmm. I journal a lot, <laughs> that helps. And um, I feel like those three things are things that I do every day. And I do, of course, like my morning routine where I meditate and I journal and I go through my gratitudes and things like that. My affirmations I do every day. But yeah, those are those are the key things I think habits that I engage in regular.
0: Isn't it funny how when you think about the question, "What are my habits?" N- not very many things come to mind, but you just listed a whole plethora of things that you're doing on a regular basis that are definitely have have built their way up into being a key part of your life. And I could imagine that by journaling and by you know uh, doing your affirmations and exercising and doing these things on a regular basis, I'm sure that that leads to being able to get closer to that feeling of gratitude and really just being able to kind of persist on through any of the challenges that you do face.
1: Definitely, definitely. And I feel like that's been a big part of, of you know, feeling successful too.
0: I, I, could, I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that. Well, we've made it to my favorite part of the show, the growth rapid fire round, where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. So tell us what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now?
1: the book I've been telling everybody about, uh, Code of the Extraordinary Mind. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because it's very complicated. Um, but he is the founder of Mind Valley, and that book has mm. transformed me like no other book I've read in the past uh, maybe 10 years. It's phenomenal and I love it. And he's the one that talks about the gratitude and, and things like that. And um, it's a great book
0: great book. That sounds, uh, it sounds powerful to say that it's, it's transformed your whole life. I'm definitely going to have to check that out, add it to the reading list. So from an inspiration standpoint, who are some of your mentors, the people that you learn from along the way and kind of inspired you and how did they influence your career?
1: That's always a hard question because, um, when you're, an, I, I was never really, I thought of myself as an entrepreneurial person. So I never was around anybody that was entrepreneurial either until later in life. I, I'm inspired by ordinary people. I don't have anyone that's like I put on a pedestal that's famous or anything like that. I think it's just people that are out there just hustling and doing things and being inspiring to me, especially other females um, in this business. You right. know that are just there's a girl in our in our um, in our flipping junkie group, and I just love her and she's <laughs> she just started out, but she's been doing deals, and I'm really inspired by her. Just, you know, that she's so tenacious. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, she's not a mentor, but I, I don't know. I'm just inspired by people like that. Just they're going out and doing things, making things happen and not being afraid.
0: Yeah. It's often that those people that are just normal everyday folks that are around us can be some of the best beacons of of inspiration that we can have. And, uh, like I always say, you know, we can always be those people. So if that's the case, I would imagine there's a lot of people who look up to you in the same way, Melissa.
1: Well, that would be nice. (laughs) I try.
0: (laughs) So from a purpose standpoint, what drives you to live your best life every day?
1: I had to get, I've been thinking about that question. And, um, I think it it goes into that whole definition of success again, you know, not to, to beat a dead horse here, but, inspires me to live my best life is is that vision of success for myself about being around the people that I love and doing what I love and being able to help and inspire other people I just I can't say enough of how much that means to me like when people and I'm sure you you know this too when people reach out to you and say that you ch- changed their life in some way that you've made it better or you've inspired them I have people reaching out to me all the time especially women I mean, mm-hmm. men too, but a lot of women that just mm-hmm. are so grateful. And, and I'm so grateful when they reach out to me because I don't feel like I'm anything special. But the fact that they feel like they can talk to me, I'm just getting all emotional now, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it truly, it means a lot to me to be able to help to help other people and just to feel like like something maybe that I said that I didn't think was super critical, but it made a big difference in somebody's life. And the fact that they would reach out and say, thank you for that is big. And so having the opportunity to do that is, that's what motivates
0: me. I I love that. And I totally feel it. I feel it when you talk about it. I can tell that that's something that is a real true driver deep down within. And I can relate to it so much. And so for all the listeners out there who have somebody who's, who's influenced them, who's inspired them, who they've heard something from, share it with them. Let them know. Let them know that they're going in the right direction, they're sharing the right thing because every time I get one of those messages, or every time you guys drop a five-star review on iTunes and write a little something nice, it really does. It brightens my day. It helps, it helps us know that we we should keep pushing in this direction and that we're making a difference. And, you know, we can make a lot of money in real estate or in any business, but it's that fulfillment piece is what drives people like, like us. And knowing that we're making a difference keeps us doing this every day. So, you know, shoot Melissa a little message and let her know. <gasps> So this has been amazing. Thanks so much for sharing your mindset and uh, everything about kind of some of your background with us. Where can people find out more about you and get in touch?
1: Um, You can go to, uh, the blog is flippingjunkie.com and there's podcasts, there's resources, things like that there. Um, We also have an Instagram, Flipping Junkie. And... Those are probably the two, those are the best places to reach
0: out. Well, wonderful. We will include all of those in the show notes so you guys can easily get connected and stay in touch. And uh, let's keep on doing great things in the world. Thanks so much, Melissa. Thank you, that
1: was fun.
0: Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend.